0: I want you guys to turn to John chapter 15, and we're going to look from verses 18 through chapter 16 to verse 4. And if you need a Bible, please raise your hand. We have some guys that will be bringing Bibles around. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some things that come with the territory of being a Christian. john chapter 15 we're going to start at verse 18 and it reads if the world hates you keep in mind that it hated me first if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. I think it would be healthy for us before we go on to define what the world is. The world, my friends, is is Satan. Satan and and don't 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 confuse every time you see the world it being one definition. I mean, Man is, is, uh, the dust of man is composed out of the world, so it's not viewing that as Satan. Uh, But the context for these scriptures uh, refer to um, the world of Satan. And Revelations 12, 9, 11 reads, The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers that's Satan he, he is his job to accuse you before God the accuser, uh for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before God before our God day and night has been hurled down they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And also, um, when Jesus is, is sitting with the twelve at the Last Supper, one of the things that takes place is he, he begins to share with Simon. And he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked, asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. But then Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. So two things are happening here. You have Satan who uses the world to hurt us, uses the world to bring forth persecution, uses the world to to bring forth pain in the life of Christians. But also Satan is one who is sifting He's separating those who are God's chosen and those who will crumble under pressure. I mean, we've all been in a situation where there was a sifting method used to weed out those who were committed and those who weren't. I I remember when I took a biology class in college, my professor did the the DNA testing for the OJ case. So this dude would just walk in and freestyle stuff in biology, and I wanted to be a pre-med student. I graduated in communications, y'all. That class weeded me out. I couldn't handle it. You know, we had, we, I I remember even in, in football, you know, young kids would start out and the first thing, you just get tackled. You just have to stand there and get tackled. And after that first strong hit, you would have kids leave and never come back. It was just a method for sifting out. Well, persecution is one of those methods for the believer. And Satan's role is to to use persecution to sift out and say, are you going to throw in the towel? Or are you going to be, as verse 11 says, one of the people who does not love their life so much as to shrink to death? So Satan sifts. And he uses his influence in the world to persecute Christians. So if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. You see, this this isn't personal, Jeremiah. It's not personal, Colleen. The world hates Jesus. And you happen to be Jesus' child. It hates Jesus. Hated him so much that it desired to kill him. Hated him so much that, that... he wants to kill you if he could. The, 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 the great um, setup here is one where it, 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 it sets up love and hatred. If you look at the verses before and just last week, we were going over uh, us being tapped into the true vine, which is Jesus. And his last command is love one another. So then we enter into this scripture, which shows us a different relationship, a relationship that that's founded in hate. And if you are tied to if you belong to the world, even though he's using the term love here, Satan doesn't love you as the father loves you. Even his love is hateful. Why? Because you are a human created in the image of God. So he sees your potential in God. And he hates it. You could be a non-believer who doesn't, who doesn't you know, walk with Jesus at all. Yet there's a capacity for you to come to know Christ. <laughs> I, I, I didn't become a Christian until college. And when I see some of my friends now, like, that haven't seen me since college or, or, or high school friends that I used to kick it with, and they think of the guy I used to be and see who I am today. No, no, no credit to me, but it's just a different demeanor. Those words that I used to use in cussing and, you know, in trying to have the next quick come up and, and focused on money and went, I, that's just not the mentality that I use anymore. Just, just, there, there's a difference there. There's a different world. But Satan would love you as, as his own. If you belong to his world, but you do not belong to his world. You do not let let us. uh, But I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. In Ephesians, it it, it gives us this beautiful picture of of the. Hey, sister. in in Ephesians, it gives us this, this beautiful picture of us being dead and then life being birthed into us. As for you. Not them out there. As for y'all, as for me, we were dead in our transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest We were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. You see, friends, we have been chosen by God. And you'll see that terminology as we as we go on, go on chosen by God, snatched from a life where we were gratifying our sinful pleasures You've switched teams. And you guys hate when, you, when, when somebody you love switches teams? Come on. Y'all just haggled me when I was talking about LeBron James. I'm from Cleveland, and yes, I hope he stays in Cleveland. <laughs> you know, but if he leaves, I won't like him. <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, we've had, I have friends when we have, you know, we're working together, and they left and started working for the competitor. Their name wasn't revered in the same way in the office as it was back in the day. You know, like it's just it. You, you you view that person in a different light. Satan hates that you've switched teams. He hates that now you're on the the team of Christ. You've been chosen, separated, newly created to worship Him, Jesus, God. Newly created to worship God. And now you're no longer in His camp. So he's angry because. He hates Jesus. He hates God. You now represent God. So he's angry at you. And 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 he uses one of the methods of persecution to to bring forth that anger. Remember the words I spoke to you, verse 20. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. No servant greater than his master. We we we've been there. He hates Jesus. He hates you. The, the 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 difficulty with with this passage is that we tend to be people who want to understand persecution. We want to be able to identify it. God, tell me when I'm being persecuted. So so it's it's clear at times when when there's a martyr, right? I remember uh, Rebecca and I were watching a, a video maybe a year or two ago, and there were uh, young Christian boys in Sudan who they lined up on, they put them on their knees, tied their hands behind their back, and, and put a small fire in front of them and said, will you renounce Jesus? And every time a kid said no, they just kicked them in their back, let them fall on the fire. And they just kept going down the line. And each of the young boys kept saying, no, I will not renounce Jesus. There was there was, So it, it can be really clear when we see persecution. That's that's that physical. You know, you can touch it. You, you can when someone says to you, man, because you love Jesus, I'm not giving you a raise. Great, okay, Lord, I know how to pray, I know how to move on, I know how to take and channel my emotions correctly. But what about when it's unclear? What about when you get paid 12 times a year, once a month, and every time you get paid, your car breaks down? 12 times. Or you've been working at this same location, trying to be a person of integrity, trying to do the right thing, no promotion, no rewards. Or your neighbor has an attitude with you for no good reason. You've never done a thing to them. And they can't stand you. Come on, Jay. They can't stand you. Shouting stuff in your car when you drive by. Or your, or your temperament. Why do you get angry so often? or extremely depressed, or have such low self-esteem, or, or, or illness, ailments. There, there's so many things that are unclear. Friends, what the Bible wants us to do is not take our energy and channel it towards trying to be clear and pinpoint persecution. What he's trying to do is open us to a world where there's a battle going on here. There's a battle for God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. And he's asking, which one will you choose? Don't spend your energy trying to, to point out what persecution you're going through. We're supposed to be channeling our energy towards pointing toward, towards the faith that we have in Jesus. And our peace and joy not being rocked by whatever comes. Whether it's a bad decision that I made and it's my own consequence or whether it's persecution that's coming, don't matter. Lord, let my faith be rooted and grounded in you and let me be renewed in my mind so that I don't doubt who you are in the midst of this persecution. So, friends, don't 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 try to focus on identifying what that persecution is. Let it lead you towards being more faithful. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. You see, Satan's goal is to use persecution to obtain your worship. Here, I mean, persecution is one method. There's also temptation, which we see he uses uh, for Jesus in Matthew 4. He says the devil took him to a very high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. That's what he wants. He wants your worship. You see, we always say that Satan is, is, is a false. He thinks he's a god, but he's 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 trying to mimic that of Christ. Trying to mimic that of our risen Lord and Savior. So he's trying to create a kingdom. He wants your worship. He wants he wants to be your number one idol. And and Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it's written, worship the Lord, your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. You see, I I, I think that sometimes we get a bit. We get a bit jaded in our understanding of persecution. You see, Satan's goal for persecution is that you would not live a life for Christ. That you would not live a life for Christ. That's his desire to persecute you, that you will fall away. But right now, if you don't fall away or if you're not living a life for Christ, maybe there's no need to persecute you you see we we in the Western world like we don't see the physical punishment that maybe those brothers in the Sudan see right we don't we don't see you know we don't often someone comes up to us and puts a gun to our head and says, "Hey, either renounce christ or die we we don't often experience things like that, but maybe our persecution is in more subtle ways maybe maybe um I'll just speak from the heart. I've seen the, the church not be the church in a number of realms. One of them, racism. Racism pervades our church in a way that doesn't represent Jesus. Help me understand why there aren't more white pastors pastoring black churches. Why are there no more black pastors, Hispanic pastors, Asian pastors pastoring white churches? One one small area where we see, man, maybe if he persecuted us, we might wake up and say, hold on, I got to live courageously right now. Maybe we subtly are doing it for him. We can talk about about women being treated like second class citizens within the church. We can talk about the poor not having a platform to speak. You know, it's okay if you come to church, maybe, but you want to lead something? Well, we'll come under our leadership for six years. As if a person doesn't have just as much value as this person who was able to memorize and check off boxes on a test. Great, I celebrate education. But that doesn't define us. That doesn't give us our credibility within God's kingdom. Maybe maybe the persecution uh, that that Satan has allowed to infiltrate isn't isn't as isn't as blatant. You know, but still just as pervasive. And I just want to ask us to 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 really wrestle with it in our hearts. Like, do do we allow. Um, do we allow uh, some of the some of the ways that we some of our comforts to really hold us back for being the courageous Christians that he's calling us to be. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that us having a, a study on these scriptures, which help us understand that even by being a Christian, you're going to be persecuted, um, that this will wake us up to ask a question like, wow, that's where some of this drama has been coming from. Or, wow, I have absolutely no drama in my life. Why not? And this isn't a time to go sign up for persecution. You know, I'm not I'm not advocating that. I am saying, no, if, if, if you're not a threat, why do why, why do you why would he devote his attention towards you? Just wrestle with that one. They would treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. The the, the name of God is not simply a title. It speaks to the character of who he is. You know, when I when I it, we got how many nine Jasons in our body now? <laughs> you know, I could just say Jason and then you say which one. Because there's, there's character that you associate, there's integrity, there's just so many attributes that are associated with the person once you realize the name, who the name is associated to. It's the same here. It's not, it's not simply, you know, just any name. This is the name of the God of gods, which, which in, it, in its very essence is speaking exclusivity. Me alone, for I am God. No, no, me and a little Satan. Yeah. <laughs> no, me and a little, little bit of Satan, you know? It's, it's all me or nothing. Um, there, the character of God is offensive to the world. Um, he, he, he says without excuse here, and there's a reference to, uh, John chapter 9, where John is, is, um, He's basically uh, healing a man who's blind and the Pharisees begin to ridicule him. And they say, what are, are you calling us blind? Because we haven't been able to we haven't been able to um, see. Basically, we're not giving ascribing you as God. Are you saying that we're blind as well? And Jesus is saying, exactly, I've, I've done the miracles. I've healed this man in front of you. You've witnessed it with your own eye, eyes and yet. You guys are blind. So you are, you are without excuse for knowing that I am God, because I've given you a number of different examples. He who hates me hates my Father as well. Friends, we see this theme over and over, over and over, John trying to help us see Jesus and the Father are one. The Holy Spirit, Jesus. Father, one, you hate him. Oh, you hating me. I mean, we we get we get the, we understand it. We have siblings. I mean, like I said, I grew up in Cleveland. You hate my brother. I don't care what he did. You hate me. <laughs> he hate he who hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen these miracles and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. A perfect example of love that they hated and rejected him. So when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me says in john the world cannot accept him because it is not it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives within you and will be with you the the context for these words just like if you if you if i say counselor you know and i was sitting back laying on on a couch talking to my counselor then you'll know this is someone who you know listens helps me work through my issues a bit you know but but the context here that the that the bible uses is one of a courtroom see satan's name means accuser so in this courtroom he's just he's accusing you of sin accusing you trying to get the death penalty to be enacted on your part he hates you he wants you to die but the the the, the context of the holy spirit is one of an advocate Who champions on your part. And just as we saw in Revelations, he's not championing your your good works, your great activities, all the list of things you did for Jesus. He's only championing you being covered by the blood of the lamb. Period. Work ethic. Yeah, we we because of recognizing who Jesus is, we then serve him for sure. But it's not. A, we're not. We're not adding up, storing up deposits in the, in the account for the, for heaven. It's not how this works. It's only by the blood of the lamb that we are saved, and that we don't. We don't receive death. But he also serves as an advisor. So as he's an advocate on our behalf, he's also advising you through daily life today. He's. He's not setting you up to leave you alone desiring to guide your every single step in the midst of persecution you see persecution is one that 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 and we'll see later it's something that is supposed to help us be reminded that all this is worth it Lord I'm enduring this for your glory Lord I'm suffering I feel bad this is painful but for your glory. And what he keeps asking of us, is is it worth it? Is it it worth it for you to endure persecution, to be fully in his love, to be fully cared by him, in spite of what you see, in in spite of the experience that you take, is Jesus still worth it? So that's that's kind of the, the courtroom scene that we that we have there. We we th- there are. I, I don't want to paint the picture. There's a number of people who we see in the Bible that actually um, change having had a chance to to experience Jesus. I mean, yeah, definitely the 12. But we think of Nicodemus. We think of the woman at the well who we studied in John. You know, she was a woman that was sleeping around and, uh, you know, kicking it at the well. And um, what did she do? Let's see if how many of y'all remember. Yeah. Well, what did the woman at the well do after she met Jesus? Went back, told the whole crew, y'all got to come see this man, you know. So so the, the, the beauty of who Jesus is does penetrate. It does it does change individuals. So the the the, I don't want the tenor even of what I'm what I'm sharing to be one in which I just talk about um those who are saved and not saved, uh because honestly, I don't know who in here is saved and not saved. But if you're not saved, we pray that as a body you will experience Christ through us and be changed. That the Holy Spirit here will touch your heart in a way where you'll run back to your crew, run back to your home, and share with others, this man has done something in me, and I want you to know about it. Even looking at Don, I'm like, the the Coffee Family has been a great example of it. For real. I I can think probably of five to eight people that they have brought with them that, you know, have come and gone or whatever, but, Brother Neb, yeah, no, we, can, we can roll. Yeah. And, and it's and it's. And what we'll see later is that a testimony is part and parcel of who we are to be as believers in Christ. And you must also testify for you've been with me from the beginning. Testifying tells the world about Jesus Christ, but it also motivates you. It strengthens your faith so that you may endure the persecution being thrown your way. It's like it's like you almost are are reminding yourself, man. This is good. This is good for me, God, to share and tell someone else about your goodness. Because yesterday I was going through some drama, and I needed to remind myself of how good you are. The persecution that I'm experiencing in my own life, Lord, as I share with others, I need it. it, it, it it's, it's a it's a it works out our faith muscle. It really builds builds us up, and it's. And it's it's crazy because it's all for Jesus' glory, but the beauty is that embedded in it, it cares for the health of the body. Have you ever, like, sat down to talk with someone about the Lord, and you realize, like, man, am I believing what I'm saying? Is he really my all? Submission. Mm, Hmm, Yeah, like you, it forces you to wrestle with it. It forces you to come to grips. It forces you to say, pride aside. It forces you to say, man, I'm telling this person, God is everything. A, a, a testimony. What idol do I have in place of God right now? You know, is it my girlfriend? Is it is it alcohol? Is it is it is it sports? Whatever it could be. It helps us really wrestle through it. So I I, I just. Uh, have a simple question of just asking when was the last time you testified about the mighty works of Jesus one of my buddies who I talked to maybe three weeks ago he said he got he was shocked because at work uh, he took his bible to lunch and a dude walked up to him and said man I never would have thought you was a Christian like whoa whoa brother who loves the lord you know like i i, I don't know you do what you will with that I, i'm not trying to say go out and just you know wear the jesus t-shirt with the hat to the side you know and you know boom box with jesus music you don't have to get crazy but do people know do they do they know that you that that you represent them If they ask, would you you testify to what he's done in your life? All this I've told you so that you will not go astray. I'm telling you, persecution is going to come. I'm telling you, because you're a Christian, you will be persecuted. I'm, I'm trying to prepare you and get you all ready. The drama's going to jump off. I will be killed down the road. It's going to get hairy. But I'm doing this. So that you will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the father or me. Put you out of the synagogue. This is, this is a reference to, to Jews. And, and the Jews at this time, the synagogue, you know, is like the black church in the 50s. I mean, it's where you did life, it's where it was your social gatherings, it was a place where the kids were raised, it was a place where you worshiped God. Everything that had to do with life flowed through the synagogue. And there came a time where, for being a Christian, you were kicked out of the synagogue. Period. I mean, Paul in Acts talks about how he punished and tried to crucify and kill the way Christians, and thought that he was doing it for God, as a faithful Jew. I I, I I'm not exactly sure of today's application. You know, I, I, I can't say that I don't know how this exactly translates to today and what we experience uh, with being kicked out of the church. I don't think I don't think necessarily that there is a direct application or a direct correlation. I do think that we should live um, recognizing the mistakes of those before us. You know, recognizing how the Jews had Jesus right before him, before them. And yet they chose to reject him and reject anyone who followed him. I've told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. I want before before I continue on. I, I want to you guys know like we're 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 a church family and we. You can ask questions in the midst of the sermon like we are casual in that manner because we're more serious about you being equipped to serve the Lord than we are are about the formality of the service. So I just want to ask, what are some ways you guys have either experienced persecution or you think persecution is taking place today here in the U.S.? Persecution of Christians, excuse me. I know for myself, I instantly think of persecution elsewhere, persecution in other world, other countries, you know, third world countries. But are we not the body of Christ? Do do we not experience persecution also? So toss it out. What do you guys think? Frank Boogie? Sorry, bro. Say that again. We just got a lot of, down, a Okay. Okay. For doing something for the Lord. Mm. The brother said, if you guys can hear him through the mic, lived outside the community, moved into Detroit, and both sides of the family gave him flack for coming into the hood. And they And they're Christians too. Mm